Okay. Appreciate the opportunity for sure. And I was thinking about an introduction, um, church planning, mission works, things of that sort. That's really my heart. Um, and this is this is like this is cloud nine in the sense of uh, starting from scratch, working through the neighborhood. Um, my wife and I were in, in uh, Texas. We ended up in Texas in, in mission works, church planning. Uh, our one little mission work became a church, constituted a church. That, that's a whole new experience, too. And then uh, we were sent up, up to upstate New York as church planners, uh, home missions, as it were. And uh, then we, we ended up in Canada for 18 years and uh, pastoring a church but also had a blessing of having two mission works also. One in Ottawa, in that area, and the other one was Quebec. And so when I come to uh, here tonight, it's just, it's just a blessing. Um, you're, you're the uh, frontline uh, soldiers, uh, like even like Brother uh, Ken said about open air evangelism, things of that sort. We, we've all done that. We've gone through that. My children, you know, Abby, we've been on the streets in, in Cornwall. And so it's, it's, uh, it's like, well, not many people do this. That's true. That's, that's a problem. But when you do do this, and it's small, uh, and it grows, and God's blessing upon it, 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 is, it is the blessing uh, from the Lord. It's definitely a, a, an encouragement to look back and say, well, what God has done, how he moved us on, and what we've doing now so I, I definitely I have been praying for you all I'm going to get more of your names down uh, but definitely I do pray for you and the church in Canyon Abbey and, and the home church uh, and, and to commend you to commend you and to encourage you to, to keep at it uh, um, even right now we're in, in where we're at in Dalmatia, Pennsylvania which is northwest of uh, Harrisburg we do attend a local church in the morning um, but in the evening, we're so used to having evening services, and so we've been opening up our home, and we're 45 minutes from our home church, and so we're, we're hoping that God will do it again. It's been yeah. small. Uh, the neighbor, our, our little place is, or our little uh, town is so small, but everybody knows about us. We have the signs up. We have the placards up. Uh, people are coming by and seeing that, and are asking for prayer and things like that. So, um, you know, being in a neighborhood... Being in the little city, being friendly, passing out the gospel, and asking the Lord to bless—that that is that's where it's at. That's that's more biblical. That's more apostolic. If you want to think about what they did in the Book of Acts, is what you're doing and what we're doing now. And may the Lord bless. So let's uh, let's pray. We're not going to talk about Thanksgiving tonight. <laughs> Usually it would be that, right? But uh, uh, my burden is is uh, is prayer. As um, realize that as as you come together to pray, and it's uh, sacrifice time in prayer, uh, praying and fasting, seeking Lord, asking uh, God Holy Spirit to to enable us to pray and and to and see the the forces of darkness uh, vanquish and stuff like that. It, it it all happens on our knees. Nothing's going to happen if it's not on our knees. And 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 realizing that the Lord is pleased. Very much so, to to hear us pray, and and for us to to advance and to grow. Anything that the churches need today, in in the, in the U.S. for example, and Canada for sure, that's for sure, is that 
we, we, one prayer meeting, uh, Spurgeon used to say, one prayer meeting a week and the church is already backslid. Okay? And so there's been my heart in Canada and other places to say, well, we, we need to pray for God-sent revival, uh, refreshment uh, for, for the local church. But that is what I hope to, to, to speak tonight. So let's pray and ask, first of all, the Lord's blessing. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this group. Uh, we thank you for the brethren, uh, sisters. Lord, we just bless you. We thank you for uh, their courage and uh, their camaraderie. And, and Lord, how you're bringing them together and, and, and how that a light to this, this uh, city. Uh, oh, Lord, uh, who knows? Uh, but we know uh, your hand is here and what you will do. So, Lord, we ask that you would just encourage them, strengthen them, help Kenny and, and the leadership and everything they're doing, Lord, uh, uh, even this uh, Monday, coming up a couple Mondays, where they're going to do some open-air preaching and stuff like that. Uh, Lord, bless the tracks. Uh, put it into hands. Uh, there's such a hopeless uh, situation. It's many hearts, but thank you that we have the gospel and we have the Lord Jesus Christ and we can come and bring uh, hope and, and know that you are willing and able to, to change hearts and, and bless a local church and, and gather people together uh, to worship you and praise you and magnify you. Lord, just let this little light shine brightly as, as I've already heard. And, and Lord, keep it uh, bright. And, and Lord, just do wonders. And may you receive all the glory, the honor, and the praise. And we ask these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. If you would turn to Luke's Gospel, 11, 5 through 10, I want to read what we call, uh, well, the Lord, this is a, the uh, Luke's account of the, the Lord's Prayer, the model prayer, things of that sort. It's going to be by prayer. But notice Luke chapter 11, verse 5 through uh, 10. And he said, speaking of the Lord Jesus, which of you shall have a friend? and shall go unto him at midnight and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine in his journey is come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not, the door now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto you, though he will not rise and give you, because he is his friend, but because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needed. And I say unto you, Ask, and you shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For every one that seeketh, receiveth. And he that seeketh, findeth. And each one that asketh, receiveth. He that seeketh, findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. And, and we go on further on. Um, again, this is, is this a matter of prayer. Now, notice the verse in uh, verse 10, the word importunity. Anybody ever heard of that word? What does that mean, importunity? Especially when in, in the aspect of praying. Because if you look at verses uh, uh, 1 through 5, you'll see the Lord is introducing the Lord's Prayer or the model prayer, okay? Keep that word in, in your mind, importunity. Then, if you would, Luke 18. Luke 18. The word importunity is not used here, but again, it's, it's, it's a matter of, of praying. Luke 18, 1 through 8. Notice what the Lord says. 
And he spake a parable unto them to this end, and that men ought always to pray and not to faint. So that's the context. Saying, There was in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this woman, this widow, troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continually coming she weary me. And, and the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge said. And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth. So back to, to Luke 11. Do you trouble the Lord? Do you come and persistently get in his face? And you say, well, no, that's, that's, that's irreverent. That's that. No, we're not talking about this word uh, uh, importunity. We're not talking about a familiarity where, you, you know, like, uh, you know, some were like, Abba, Father, well, I'm just going to sit on Dad's lap. You know, I'm going to sit on Father God's lap. And, I, I, you know, we're so familiar. And, and they lose sight of the holiness, the awesomeness, the purity of God. But there, there is this holy boldness that, 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 the, that we should have. And the Lord is, is saying here in this word importunity back in Luke 11, the word has the idea of, of shamelessness. So we can think of a couple of verses, for example, come boldly before the throne of grace, Hebrews chapter 4. What's that word bold? Now, it's not, it doesn't mean shamefacelessness. It means liberty. You have that access. And then in, in Hebrews uh, 10, it talks about how we can, after the, the finished work of Christ, that he has boldly entered in. We can boldly go into the, into the throne room and before the house of God and before the Lord because Lord Jesus has entered in and we can boldly have, we have the, an access. It's freshly explained. It's efficacious. We can always go. And so this aspect of boldness, importunity. Now, on the negative aspect, it's like imprudence. Imprudence. You know, being rude. And say, well, no, I'm not going to be rude to God or rude to my Heavenly Father. But there is this aspect that I'm going to come into His presence. I'm going to get into His face. I'm going to be there again and again and again. And this is what the Lord has for us here in this idea of importunity. Now, <clears throat> back in Luke 11, 11, verse 8, it says, I say unto you, though He will not rise and give Him, because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needs. Now we know the Lord is gracious, our Heavenly Father wants us to come before him, uh, wants to hear our prayers, uh, but, the, but there is this, this um, aspect of coming with boldness and coming before him. For example, uh, in Isaiah it talks about, give him no rest. See, that's that woman, you know, troubling that judge. Oh, here she is again. She, she's bugging me. She's bugging You know, same request, same request. How often you think about, well, you know, you know, I asked the Lord about this thing, and uh, hmm, I haven't had an answer yet. Think about our children. How many, you know, this is a prime example. We always say, you know, how, how many times? Well, Dad, I want that new bike. You know, I want that new gun. I want, I, you know, I want that new, new thing. I want, you know, did you bring it home yet, Dad? Did you bring it home yet? 
Did you bring it? You didn't get it yet, Dad? Why not? See, this is the idea of what we're talking about. And so uh, in, in, in Isaiah says, give him no rest. Here I am, O Lord. Here I am, O Lord. Then in, in Job, turn if you would, just I'll give you something uh, as, as we think about Job 23. You know, see, so we have, we have the, the, we're going to come boldly, okay, into God's presence. Um, some things that we're going to say. Job uh, 23, 4. For example, give him no rest. Okay, uh, here I am again, Lord. I'm going to nag you. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I'm going to be bold and come before you again and ask you for this. And, and then, uh, so I'm going to give you to say, well, we're going to come boldly, but also I want you to bring some words. I want you to bring some arguments. I want to bring you, uh, I want, you know, for example, Lord, here I am to remind you. When's the last time you reminded the Lord about something? Now you say, well, that, that's... You know, you're talking about God. You're talking about the sovereign God of... You're talking about your Heavenly Father. You're talking about the Lord of Lord, King of Kings. And you say, you're going to go up in, in God's face, in that sense, in His presence, because of the shed blood, because the Lord Jesus is our high priest, and because we're a, a believer priest, and we're going to come into His presence and say, Lord, I, I, I asked about this. What about it? When are you going to do this? When are you going to save my child? When are you going to give me this job? When are you going to provide for this? When are you going to let the gospel go forth here and there? When are you going to heal this person? I just wanted to say to you this evening that our Heavenly Father never gets tired of that. Amen. Never gets tired of that. So in Job 23.4, notice what he says here. Uh, 23, 4, he says, I would order my cause before him, speaking of God, and fill my mouth with arguments. I'm going to come before God and fill my words with arguments. Lord, uh, would this not, and we're going to see this in a few minutes uh, as we look at examples, for example, uh, Abraham. Classic uh, example of prayer. Abraham in, in Genesis 18 where where the Lord is coming. I'm getting ahead of myself, but you realize what he's saying here. I'm going to order. I'm going to bring the arguments. I'm going to bring words. I'm going to come and remind you. He said, here, here is Abraham. Okay? You know the angel of the Lord has come. And, and, and they're checking out Sodom and Gomorrah. And, and what does Abraham do? Look, at, if you would, to that uh, portion of Scripture. Genesis 18, uh, 22. Just to see... And you say, well, I don't know about being that bold. Genesis 18, 22 and 23. Now, you, you know the, 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 uh, what's going on here. And, and the men turned their faces from thence and went toward Sodom, the angels. But Abraham stood yet before the Lord. That's an interesting saying. He's he he's yet stood before the Lord. And Abraham drew near and said, Will thou also destroy the righteous with the wicked? And, and his, his argument is, God, you're just. Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? And, and you know, as well, if there's 50, there's 45, there's 40, there's 30, you know, and he said, well, it gets down to 10 because he's thinking, well, Lot and his wife and children should be believers. They should be, you know, following the Lord. But that wasn't true, we understand that. But notice how Abraham 
does what Job said. He brings arguments. He comes into the Lord's presence and he says, okay, Lord, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to plead with you. And so you, you come and give him no rest. Now, that, that, in a way, you know, uh, we'll, we'll see how we have to be desperate in some ways. We really want, to, you, know, you know, that's what the idea is. Ask and you shall receive. The, the Greek has a present tense. It means keep on asking till you receive. Keep on knocking. Well, doesn't that imply unbelief? No, it doesn't. Okay? It's just that, that sometimes, though the Lord will tarry long with us, He wants to know, do you really want it? <laughs> do you really want it? And so, this importunity that we're looking at, this, this shamelessness, and again, I, I believe it's because of the blood of Christ, and because the way is open, and because we have the great Lord Jesus as our high priest, and as believer priest scripturally, we can come in and, and bring petitions, bring prayers, bring thanksgiving, all these things, the aspect of, of, uh, of a believer praying, but there's this, we need to go a little step further. And this is, you know, I, w- I would say honest, this is not just a textbook, this is, this is what I practice. This is what I believe that, you know, how the Lord has helped us in our mission works and in our churches and other areas that God has put me in because, and this is what I've taught the brethren. I said, you know, we need to pray. And, well, how do we pray, Tom? Well, we get in his face a little bit and I kind of said, no, we can't do that. I, reverently, we're going to keep on asking. We're going to come with arguments. Uh, we're going to take with words. Notice Hosea 14.2. Another one. Hosea 14.2. So we're going to come boldly before the Lord. And then we're going to... Uh, we're going to bring words. But in, in Hosea 14.2, it says, Take with you words. Take with you words. Hosea 14.2. And so what, what are we going to do here with this, uh, you know, this idea of importunity, give him no rest, uh, bring arguments, um, <coughs> take, take with you words. The idea is that we're going to remind God. Remind God. Look at Malachi 3.16 for a minute. And I will show you this. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a blessing what goes on as we think about prayer Malachi 3.16 see I want and, and the term I, I, I use on this is uh, I want to be a remembrancer hmm. see God is going to remind me as in Malachi 3.16 it says then they that fear the Lord spake oft one to another and the Lord hearkened and heard it and a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord and that thought upon his name. And so the Lord is, in a sense, you say, well, he's writing it down. And so as he's writing it down, I'm going to come and remind him again, Lord, what about this? What about this situation? You know, I've been praying for this missionary. What, what else? You know, it, it's like I talk to the different pastors that, that uh, <coughs> excuse me, um, different churches in that area that I know and, and I said, well, give me some new prayer requests. <laughs> I need some new prayer requests. You know, what, what's going on in your church? Uh, you know, who do I need to pray for? 
and and so they they give me these things and so and, and so I come again and I, and I I write them down and then I I, I put them before the Lord, and I said, okay, Lord, I'm, I'm here to remind you again. What about this? And it, it's, again, it's, it's, it's boldness that, that I would just encourage you to, to uh, get, out and get, your, get out in the water and get your feet wet. <laughs> now, when we think about this importunity, the word dis- desperation does come to mind. Okay, now the idea of Lord, I, I here I am again, Lord. You know, here I am again, Lord. I, you know, and and He does try us, right? He does carry on, like the two examples here. You know, the judge is not going to do anything. Well, that's a wicked judge. Well, you know, the the guy upstairs, he's not going to get up and give bread to his to his friend, but he's the guy's going to keep on bugging him, keep on coming, Lord. You know, Lord, what about this? I believe that is that is effectual prayer. That's what James says. The fervent effectual prayer of a righteous man. You see, fervent effectual means I'm going to come again with clean hands and a pure heart. Now I'm not lifted up my soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully. No. You see, I you know there, there's I I'm an avid reader of, of revival, uh, biblical revival stuff like that, and there was this uh, haystack revival I think it was, where the men were praying all night long. Mm-hmm. And, and one man said, you know, I think the problem is why the Lord hasn't answered. is because my, you know, and he quoted Psalm 24, I think it is. You know, who shall ascend into the, into the hill of the Lord? Who shall abide in his tabernacle? He that hath clean hands, or pure heart, has not lifted up his soul unto vanity, he, or nor sworn deceitfully. Such shall be the blessing of the Lord. And so this idea of desperation comes us, points us to like Hannah, way back in 1 Samuel. Okay, Lord, I want a child. I want a man child. You know, you know the situation. You know, the, the the jealousy there with the other wife and all this other stuff and their husband and stuff like that. And and and, and why didn't the Lord answer her right off the bat? Why didn't the Lord just you know uh, for for a Jewish woman not to have a child that was a reproach, that was barrenness, that was not the blessing of God. It, it was just. Bad news all the way around. And so she would keep coming, coming, coming. Lord, when are you going to give me this child? When are you going to give me a man child? When are you going to take away this reproach? It wasn't until Hannah got to the point where she had surrendered all and said, Lord, I will give him to you. I will give to him. Because God was looking for a man after his own heart. He was looking for a godly priest. Eli and his his, his sons were, were all bad and Samuel was going to be raised up as a, as a priest, a man after God's own heart, just like King David. But here's a priestlyhood. And so Hannah was desperate. God answered her prayer after she was resolved to submit to God's will and said, okay. Now, did she know God was looking for a godly priest? No. She knew the situation there with Eli and, and, and Israel and all this, how bad it was. But it was, came to the point where she said, okay, I'm going to give up my son. I've been asking for him. I've been asking for him. And when did she get back? Did the Lord, Lord shortchange short her? No. She got other children and other, you know, and the blessing of the Lord. And how greatly did God use Samuel? And so the word desperate. How desperate are you? So if you're desperate, you would give him no rest. 
Now, this does take faith, doesn't it? <coughs> now, what's faith? Think of this for a minute. You say, you know, sometimes we get in this, this uh, nebulous, uh, you know, uh, emotional kind of quasi kind of, you know, that's what faith is. You know, see, what faith is, to me, is going to God's Word and say, you see, in different trials that the Lord has put me through, like the one from, uh, one Psalm, Psalm 143, Psalm 143, he gives me a set of verses. A set of verses. Now, part of the, that ver- I think it's 143, and again, one, I should know this, okay, but it's just, like, uh, 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 cause me to hear, part of the verse is, cause me to hear thy loving kindness in the morning, for I lift up my soul unto thee. Cause me to know the, where, the way wherein I should take, because I lift up my hands unto thee. Quicken me, deliver me. And it, I think it's Psalm 143, but, okay, <clears throat> but you read through that, you see, and he gave me those verses for a very, you know, you can ask my wife and my children, okay, it was a very hard time coming from Canada to the U.S., you know, uh, it was a trial, a test. But you see, he gave me the word. He gave me some scriptures to camp on. And I just kept coming to those scriptures. Lord, these are the scriptures. These are the scriptures. These, quicken me. Uh, deliver me. Uh, you know, cause me, cause me to hear. You see, that's not just, you know, say something to me. I can't hear it right, Lord. I, I, all this trial, this temptation, uh, this, this uh, where I'm at, Spiritually, Lord, I want you to cause me to hear. And so when we talk about faith and desperation, things of that sort, we're we're talking about get get a hold of the Word of God. Get a verse. Get a set of verses. And say, Lord, I I need to hear your Word. I need to camp out at these words. And then I'm going to come and give you no rest. I mean, that's all I had, brother, in in, in that year and a half. You can, you know... Ken knows a little bit. Abby knows a little bit. You know, we weren't in sin or anything. We were just transitioning from Canada to the U.S. and everything just fell apart. And we were living in a camper for a, uh, almost a year. Okay? And uh, job situations, things like that. You know, we, we came from Canada with, you know, we, we owned the house and we had everything paid off and we had money in the bank. We're just going to go, we're U.S. citizens, we're Canadian citizens, we're just going to come down here and, and go to the bank and buy a house and get a job and nothing worked out. But it, it was one of the better times in my life. Mm. It's hard. It was hard. It was hard. Okay? But you see, these principles that I, I would come before the Lord, Lord, here I am again. You know, uh, what else do I have? And then by faith, he gave me those verses. And so I would come with arguments. I would come with these words. I would uh, come before the throne of grace. I would write down the book of... Lord, here I am. I'm here to remind you. Hmm. You say, well, I don't know if I got that kind of energy. But you see, in a trial, you will have that energy. (laughs) Because that's the only thing that will keep your boat float. That's the only going to think that you know uh, will keep this mission work working and growing, okay? As a church, as we get on our knees and we pray. So this aspect of desperation is an important ingredient. You say, "I don't want that." Yeah, I understand that. I, I amen. I <laughs> okay. But when I look back on spiritual growth, I find that to be the case. And then to pray. See, we are asked and keep on asking, seeking and keep on seeking. And, and God will give us grace. And so we looked at Abraham. And I think that's a good example. 
okay, in our in our prayer time. As we come, you know, we're standing before the Lord and 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 and, and say, well, Lord. Uh, you're the God of all the earth. Aren't you going to do right? When's the last time you plead God's character? Mm-hmm. You say, well, I, I, you know, that's not. When is the last time you plead God's faithfulness? Well, God, you're faithful to your promises. You're faithful to your word. You know, you gave me this word. And here I am. I'm going to bring it again. Another one that I want you to look at real quick is, is Moses in Exodus 32. Exodus 32. Now, now this is after Israel sinned, and uh, God is going to wipe out Israel. And I would encourage you in the study, Exodus 32-34, some of the best uh, examples of, of a, a praying man. You know, and, and uh, Moses. And what's he doing? Well, look at Exodus 32, 11-14 for a minute. And I'll, I'll just show you this. And Moses besought the Lord his God and said, Lord, why doth thy wrath wax hot against thy people, which thou hast brought forth out of the land of Egypt with great power and with mighty hand? Wherefore should the Egyptians speak and say, For mischief did he bring them out to slay them in the mountains and to consume them from the face of the earth? Turn from thy fierce wrath, and repent of, of this evil against thy people. He's, what is he saying? Lord, uh, aren't you concerned about what the Egyptians are going to say? Mm-hmm. You know, you, I don't know. I, I can't imagine going before the Lord and saying, well, Lord, what about your testimony for, for, for Paris here? What about, uh, you know, what you said you would do in the preaching of the gospel? What, what do you, what, you know, and so the, these are part of uh, examples that we have in the, in the scriptures that are a blessing. Now notice in verse 13, this idea of remember. Remember, Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, thy servants, to whom thou swearest by thy own self. See, anything that God would do for Israel, nation of Israel, or any anything, from Old Testament to New Testament, whatever, <coughs> is always remember. Mm. He's going to do it because he made a promise to, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Israel. Remember what you said, Lord. Remember. I mean, uh, even even after, you know, you go, for example, in Exodus uh, chapter 1, 2, and 3, why is God visiting Israel? <coughs> after 470 years or so in, in idolatry, I mean, totally forsaking the Lord, okay? And, 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 and they don't even know who the Lord is, right? You know the, the, the scenario there. And what happens? The only reason why God was coming back to Israel is because he made a promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And Moses is saying, Lord, remember. Remember what you you said. Remember what you promised. And so these are examples. So this this evening, thinking about this word importunity. So the word is what? Shamelessness. You see, we can come into God's presence as believer priests, as his children, and say, Father, Abba, Father, you know, i got this need. Or this person has this need. And Lord, I'm praying for this person. I'm praying for this missionary. You know, uh, you know, we, we, dear brothers in the Lord, uh, Brother Bob Doom, you know, you may not know him, but he went home to be with the Lord. It was just like, ah. And, and Dr. Lucilius, another good brother in the Lord that I know that 
that I labored with so, so many years. You know, he's up in age, and he, he fell and broke his hip, and he went through the surgery. And, you know, I could, go to, I could go to Egypt. I could go to India. I can go to Australia. And I know people, brethren, that are laboring. Lord, remember them. Remember them. And I get in God's face a little bit. What are you doing for them, Lord? See, this is, to me, the key to prayer. Fervent, effectual prayer of importunity that we could come before the Lord as believer priests with all reverence. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, health and wealth gospel. Forget all that, okay? I'm talking about a believer like, like Abraham or a Moses or, you know, uh, you can go to Apostle Paul, others, you know, uh, they're praying. And they're coming and they're bringing arguments. They're bringing words. And they're, and they're saying, Lord, remember me. Remember me. Remember this. Lord, I'm here to remind you. Think about that next time you pray. Again, it's not an irreverent familiarity. You know, I'm not saying that. that God forbid. Okay? That's not what I'm saying. But that's not what I find in Scripture. You know, I want to come into His holy presence. I want to be able to pray. And, and, and every one of us could raise our hands. You know, what is the, the major weakness of our spiritual life is our prayer life. Yeah. All of us. We're, we all struggle with that. Every t- even, even, you know, well, I'm preaching on it. I should, I should have it, you know, squared away. No. It's always a struggle. The flesh, the world, the devil. It's always a struggle. But I realize I have to keep coming back. I have to keep coming back. Because that is my only hope. And, and, and what a blessing when the Lord doesn't leave you alone. Right? He doesn't leave you alone. So this idea of getting to God's face, is, is again, is, is not, we're not saying be rude. And there are, there are preachers out there and there are uh, doctrine out there quite rude, okay, about the, the, the holiness, purity, uh, the person of God. And, and we're not going there. But we're going to go into his presence. Okay? Um, we're not going to let God alone. You remember Jacob there at Canal? What's he doing? <laughs> I'm wrestling with you, Lord. I'm not going to, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. Of all people, Jacob. Oh, Jacob. You know, he, <laughs> but see, that's the way the Lord is. And then in his time of life, facing Esau and facing all the crises and you know, you know, family problems, all that he, you know, the, you know the scriptures. But he's there at Bethel and uh, you know the place of God, and he says, "Lord, uh, don't, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me." Let me give you a couple verses that uh, on prayer that you can take home and think about. You probably know them already. Look at Ephesians six eighteen. You see, the hardest thing to do is to pray with God, Holy Spirit in us. In this matter of, we call it spiritual warfare. And, and we are in a spiritual warfare. But notice what he says there. See, this is a promise. Okay? It's a command, but it's also a promise. Ephesians 6.18. Ephesians 6.18. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with perseverance and supplication for all saints. You see, our Lord says, Tom, I want you to pray. 
And I say, Lord, I can't pray. Oh, yes, you can. I give, I've given you the Holy Spirit. He's in you. Rely on Him. Trust Him. He's your ability. Uh, you know, Romans 8 talks about how, how that we don't know how to pray. But the Holy Spirit makes intercessions with groanings and utterance that we can't comprehend. He knows the will of God. He knows the heart of, heart of God. And so He's going to move me. He's going to move you to pray those things that are necessary. That He's going to accomplish in your life. That, that prayer will be answered. And prayer will accomplish those things. Though He'll try you. <laughs> you, you. No doubt about that. He will try you. Oh, and the devil, oh, yeah, yeah, you're, you're praying. You're, you're full of unbelief. Yeah, I, I understand that, Lord. Look at uh, Philippians 4.6 is another one. Philippians 4.6. Philippians 4.6 is one of my favorite ones. Be careful for nothing, but in everything in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. You know, we could say, uh, Paul exhorts us, pray without ceasing. <coughs> now, look at Acts chapter 12, verse 5, and we'll close tonight. He said, there's two things I think that the church and each one of us have to reclaim. The power of prayer and God's desire to give us biblical revival. Mm-hmm. To push the church on. You see, uh, you know, sure, I vote Canadian elections, U.S. elections, and I do this and do that, but uh, that's not where it's at. That's not going to get us back to God. And and ever since the 1900s, you know, uh, the church has has substituted everything else for God-sent revival. Humbling ourselves, days of fasting, days of prayer. You see, you know, we've got to the point where we think we can we can get the job done by our morality or our political correctness or our voting booth, all these things. And that's what the church has failed. And I'm not saying don't vote. Do do your duty. Do whatever you know, whatever God you know, your conscience dictates to you, and the word of God dictates to you. But you see, along the way. I got this one dear brother in, in the church in uh, where we're going. His name is Jim, and and I had a couple uh, opportunities to preach there and and tell them about revival, historical biblical revival, the Great Awakening, some of the things here. And I and what I did, Ken, is I, I filled up two big totes full of books, and I and I put them all in the front two pews, and I just laid them all out, and and I said, what I want you to do is. I want you, if you go home tonight or today, I want you to take a book home. I want you to read it. I want you to read it. And so the brother and look, I said, Where did you get, you know, and my, my pastor, you know, I, I say books. I read books on revival. That's just part of my library. But the idea is that with, if you don't know what God has done in the past, you won't ask Him to do that again now. Right. And that's what's happened. And that's what Brother Jim is saying. You know, it's just like we've totally forgotten. And he didn't know. This is all new to me, he said, Tom. He said, but if you go back and you read about the Great Awakenings, you read about what God has done in mission works and, and the great missionary movements and things like that, where, where did it start? It started with prayer. It started with not letting God go. And then, then, and then it became, you know, the, and then God began to bless the Word of God, began to 
to bless the preaching. God began to save souls. I mean, it's, it's just amazing what the Lord has done. And so in Acts 12, verse 5, notice what's happening. You know, they've taken, uh, uh, they've taken Peter, right? Uh, they killed James in verse 2, the brother of John with the sword. And Peter's locked up. And notice what it says there in verse 5. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. Yeah. See, that's the key. And it, it's like, for you don't have to have uh, vast numbers. It's just people of God yeah. getting, you know, in these times of prayer, corporately, and, and uh, but individually, and and what we do is is that we we with importunity we say, Lord, here I am again. You know, you gave me this verse. You know, you gave me this word, and I'm coming by faith, and I'm going to ask you again. I'm going to ask you again until I can cross that off on my prayer list, and then I'm going to put something down, something else new there. And and it's and it's. Uh, I'm going to get, give him no rest. I'm going to bring arguments. Well, Lord, what about your faithfulness? What about your truthfulness? How about your power? What do you do for the early church? Can't you do that for us now? What about your glory? Hmm. You know, there's a verse, uh, I think it's Psalm 12 and, and uh, 146. It talks about the oppression of the poor and, and the, the cry of the needy. I said, Lord, won't you arise for them? You know, there's so much oppression today in, the, in, our, in our country. So much. Canada is even Canada. You can't imagine how bad that is. Okay? How bad Canada is. But you see, you go to those verses, you say, Lord, what about the apartment? When will you arrive? When will you do something here? Who else is going to help us, brother? That's that desperate. Who, our, you know, I know some, we have some good men that in our area that the Congress and senators and some, they're standing for moral, the rule of law, all this other. But that's not going to save us. Right. It's the people of God getting said, Lord, we, we really need you. We really need you. And we're going to bring arguments. We're going to take with words. I'm going to come with words. I'm going to say, Lord, I'm going to, um, today, you know, I'm going to remind you. What about this missionary? What about this prayer request I asked you? Lord, I haven't seen an answer yet. Yeah, there sure is yes and no, and, and then Wait. But I, you put me on hold, and so I, here I am again. So I, I, I would ask you to answer me. And so that, that's a boldness. Again, maybe you're not familiar with that, or you, you're kind of scared, and I don't know if I want to go there. But I would encourage you to do that. Yeah. I think you have scriptural warrant to do that. And the Lord Jesus is there as our great high priest saying, Come. Mm. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for the brethren here. And thank you for such an opportunity that we can pray. And Lord, we've, we've lost that. We confess that. But Lord, you are helping us to regain that, re- rediscover that in so many ways. And, and also for the aspect of, Lord, we need revival, refreshment. We need you to rend the heavens, come down. We need you to lay hold of the churches. There, there is so much turmoil. There's so much oppression. But there is, there is there's an absence of 
of, of the, the spiritual element in, in our nation this, this, this evening that, that Lord is, it's going to turn into chaos and bloodshed unless mm. you raise up the church let her stand let her speak the truth in love but Lord let her uh, be a praying people Lord we, we just need you tonight so we thank you for the encouragement of this, this group and uh, to me and, and Lord I just pray you bless and, and Lord challenge them this, this evening in prayer and give them grace to, to see answer the prayer. Mm. And Lord, what you could do through them as we sell out to you. Lord, have mercy. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.